Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. And welcome back to Animal Radio. Hi, Judy. How are you doing? I'm doing fine this morning. How are you, Hal? Well, I just, as you know, almost barely made it to the studio. <laughs> We're looking for a pet for the holidays. We're looking for a dog. And uh, we don't know what kind of dog to get. And Caesar Milan actually sent me this list that I have. It comes from, I don't know what book it's from, but he sent it to me. He told me the most difficult breeds to train and the most intelligent breeds. And they're a top ten list. Uh-huh. What do you think is the most difficult breed to train? From my experience, I have to say an Irish setter. First of all, I want to say he had a heart of gold. But the elevator didn't quite go to the top floor. You know when they say heart of gold. Yeah, he wouldn't. I couldn't teach him to do anything except for sit on the couch. Well, actually, not on the top ten list. No. Nowhere on the top ten list. Uh, No Irish setter on the top ten list Uh of the most difficult breeds to train. What about the most intelligent breed, Judy? What do you think the most intelligent breed dog is? Well, I have never had a poodle. I've always heard that the poodle is extremely intelligent, but I've never really tried that myself. Now, the poodle is on the list here. It is not the most intelligent breed. No? It actually comes in at number two. Oh, well, I figured it was high up there, but I can't imagine something smarter than a poodle. Now, if you're listening right now, yes, you, coming out of your speaker, and you think you know what the most intelligent breed is, 1-866-405-8405. Now, let me tell you the criteria. The dogs in this list understood commands in fewer than five repetitions. Mm -hmm. And they obeyed the first command 95% of the time or better. That's better than a kid. If you think that you know the most intelligent breed, 1-866-405-8405, Judy will put together an awesome package for you, uh, for your dog or for your cat or for your lizard. Hey, you may know the the answer to this dog question. You may not (laughs) even have a dog. Or if you know the most difficult breed to train... The criteria for this is they understood a new command only after 80 to 100 repetitions, heart of gold, and they obey the first command given to them just 25% of the time. Sounds like a husband. Husband's not on the list here, if you know. Either the most difficult breed to train or the most intelligent breed, 1-866-405-8405 for big-time prizes. What kind of prizes? Big-time prizes. Hi, who's this? This is Susan. Hi, Susan. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Good, thank you. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Maine. Maine? Are you listening on the Internet? I am. Well, actually, on TiVo. On TiVo? <laughs> wow. You you can TiVo the Internet, huh? Yeah, you can you can TiVo different Internet stations. Wow. And, and actually, Animal Radio Network is preset as one of my favorites. Oh, well, this is good to How know. exciting. It's, yeah. uh, you know, we're everywhere now. According to the screen, it says that you're calling to answer a question that we asked a couple of weeks ago, which is, what item is most surgically removed from animals? Is that correct? Correct. What did you think it was? Well, I have a friend who actually underwent this, and it was for a sock. That well, is it. Friend dog did, not the friend. <laughs> not your friend personally. <laughs> that is, uh, yeah, if your friend's eating socks, then you need to find new friends. But I'll tell you, uh, that is absolutely correct. That is the number one answer. Better late than never. We're going to give you some prizes. Do you have a cat or dog? I have a dog. You have a dog at home. Yep. We're asking people today, we're talking about the most intelligent breeds of dogs. And we have a list here. The criteria is that if a dog understands new commands in fewer than five repetitions 
and they obey the command 95% of the time. It's a top 10 list by breed. What do you think is on the top of the list as the most intelligent breed dog? I am going to guess Poodle. Wow, that is uh, number two. That too, number yes. Two? That is number two. Number two. And keep it out there, one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. We're also asking, what do you think is the most difficult breed to train? The other oh. end of the spectrum here. <laughs> Afghan. An Afghan. Afghan doesn't show up on the list at all. Huh? Now, what kind of dog do you have? Golden Retriever. Golden. Now, do you consider your Retriever very smart? Extremely smart. He is number four on the most right. intelligent breeds list, the Golden Retriever. Uh, we're going to give him some prizes, and we're going to give you some prizes, too. So hold on a second. one 405 8405 if you think you know the most intelligent breed or the most difficult breed to train right now. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Occasionally, there's a story that slips through the cracks here at Animal Radio. We have Dr. Marty Becker to help us with that, uh, with a Becker break. We just made that up just a second ago, a Becker break. How about a Becker brief? Becker briefs? Becker bits? Oh, that's funny. I love that. I, I know as a communicator, they always say be brief uh, and be seated. So maybe we'll make it a brief Becker break. I wanted to get you on the phone today because there's a new breed genetics test and that if you're one of those people that has this, you don't know what it is exactly. You picked it up at the shelter. I guess you can find out what it is. Well, roughly half of all dogs in the United States are mixed breed, and the bulk of owners, 86%, are unsure of their pet's breed composition. And, you know, when I was a kid, we used to call them Heinz 57 all the time, and I've always called them a canine cocktail, not whatever you want to call them. And, you know, you take the word of the shelter personnel who, who only one of the benefits of working at a shelter is you get to play God and ID the breed of the dog, phantom mom and dad, and... You call it a lab, Sheltie, cross, whatever you say, that's what it ends up being the rest of its life. But it's really interesting. This test first came out uh, in the spring of this year in a trial basis. It was in beta testing, and I heard about this test, and we had a little dog, that, and I did this exactly the way, the opposite the way I tell people to do this, so I want to confess to this. <laughs> my, my, my wife had lost her father, was in grief for almost a year, and we were driving down to Spokane, Washington, and she read an ad in the paper for a Papillon Poodle Yorkie cross. And it somehow called to her. I said, well, call him up. She calls him up, and they said, hey, we're on the way. We can meet you at this truck stop. Oh. So I tell you, it's all wrong, but we met him at the truck stop. They brought these puppies. And, and you know, when you see puppies, they could be werewolf puppies. It, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Whatever you see, you're going to want. Uh -huh. So they showed us the puppies. They held up a picture of the mom and dad, this, this poodle Yorkie cross, you know, a, a Yorkie poo. And then there was this purebred papillon. Uh -huh. She'll help these things. Okay, there's the mom and dad. Oh, gosh. Oh, well, we love it. Oh, gosh, let's take it. So we took it. Well, let's, let's go forward now three years. The dog that we bought is not the dog we got. We ran the genetics test, the Wisdom Panel MX test, oh. and actually what we got was a Pomeranian Chihuahua Yorkie cross. Mm. Wow. Now, this brings up two points. I guess the first is that you love that pet dearly. It doesn't really matter what breed or mix or whatever it was, right? Right. The, the dog we bought is not the dog we got. We don't love it any less, but we know more about it, and that, that's the intriguing part. Now, but why is that so important? 
Well, I'll tell you both as a pet owner and a veterinarian. First of all, as a pet owner, there's certain behaviors that are predictable based on the dog's breed. You know, if the dog's part terrier, you know it's going to want to excavate dirt. You know, if it's part beagle, they have certain dietary indiscretions and, and voracious appetites. And and so, you know, you can modify your, your behavioral training and also your response to certain behaviors based on the breed makeup. And by a veterinarian, you know, this is really important to understand, you know, the dog's appearance and behaviors and prevent problems. For example, if it's a Scottish Terrier, it's going to be more prone to bladder cancer from lawn chemicals, and thus you'd have to use either different chemicals or no chemicals on your yard or protect it. Uh, if it's part collie, we need to keep it away from oral compounds that contain ivermectin, and, you know, ivermectin is used in a lot of parasite and heartworm control products. Uh, if it's part boxer, it's going to be prone to certain types of cancer we'll screen for. Uh, if it's part pug, like my, my daughter has two little pugs, it's going to have retained teeth that are only seen on dental x-rays. Mm. So you can kind of see that, okay, it was part pug. Mm, we better look for these retained teeth that you can't see even as a veterinarian, only on a dental x-ray. So under this, understanding the dog's makeups allows us to understand and then modify certain behaviors and also be on the lookout for, you know, you know certain disease conditions and I guess, I guess in summary, rather than a shotgun approach, then you'd have a very targeted behavioral training and preventive care based on the breeds involved. Is this going to be available at my local vet? Yeah, it's already available. And here's the thing that's going to surprise you. This thing covers 130 of the breeds. So it covers 99% of the AKC registered dogs. Uh, it's offered exclusively through veterinarians. What really surprised me is how inexpensive it was. You know, I was thinking this thing is going to be, you know, yeah. CSI shelter, CSI vet clinic, <laughs> wildly expensive. Uh-huh. Uh, we offer it, uh, for example, at North Idaho Animal Hospital, where I practice as a veterinarian, $130. Wow. That's retail. So you draw a small blood sample, uh, you know, about two cc's, which is about a third of a teaspoon. Uh, your veterinarian sends it off to the lab for analysis, and two to three weeks later, you get back the results. And you know exactly what the breed makeup of your dog is, and then you would work with your veterinarian then to take this information and target preventive health care and any kind of behavioral training. How many breeds show up in one dog? How many can show up in one dog? Well, you know, it's really funny. We run some tests on this. We had a dog that, uh, you know, we thought was a. Uh, it's really funny. We had we'd have the whole staff guess on certain dogs that came into the practice. What do you think this you know this canine uh-huh. cocktail is? And there was one that uh, this uh, this lady swore was a Jack Russell Terrier German Shepherd mix. And when it got the test results back, it was a Norfolk Terrier, a German Shepherd. Was, we did see the German Shepherd. It was also a Dachshund mix. <laughs> you, you'll usually see breeds that has high certainty, medium certainty, and low certainty. So that to answer your question, there you can have multiple breeds, but it'll it'll kind of lead you to the ones that are the the highest certainty. And you know, it's very accurate. It's about eighty five percent accurate. Now, again, it's not a novelty. That's the thing. Sure, it's going to be coffee table conversation, just like I told you, you know, about our dog. But it's it's the information through your veterinarian that allows you to target preventive health care and behavioral training that excites me. Good news. Dr. Marty Becker bringing it to us in a Becker brief now. PetConnection.com. That's your website, right? Yes, sir. Check it out. Of course, links to everything you've heard on today's show at AnimalRadio.com. Doctor, we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you, my friends. Now, coming up. We're going to go back to the phones and see if we can get an answer to the most intelligent breed or the most difficult breed to train. So far, we've learned that the Poodle is not the most intelligent breed. Comes mm-hmm. in number two on this list uh, that Caesar Milan passed on to me. Let's see, the criteria. Let me give you the criteria one more time. The most intelligent breeds 
dogs that understand new commands in fewer than five repetitions and obey the first command given 95% of the time or better. Maybe you have one of these breeds. 1-866-405-8405 right now. Hi, this is Michelle Stafford from The Young and Restless on Animal Radio. And remember, bay and neuter your pets. Honey, look, I taught Rocky a new trick. He's 12. You know what they say about old dogs. Hey, Rock. What'd she teach you to do, sleep? <laughs> Funny, no. I taught him to email me when it's time for his vet appointment and vaccinations, notify a call center if he's lost, and give the kennel his feeding and med schedule. Did you give him a, a brain implant? No, I bought him a Kuga tag for his collar. Kuga tag? This little USB Kuga tag. Oh. Yeah, plugs into any computer. His vital information's right there for the vet or kennel to read. So our address and phone number aren't hanging off Rocky's neck. Wow, neat trick. Yeah, honey. Neat. Cougar Tag, the world's smallest USB pet tag for dogs, cats, even birds. 24-7 Lost Pet Center. Vital health and vet information. Appointment and vaccination reminder emails and more. All in a universal, non-invasive, waterproof tag. Let your pet teach you a new trick. Visit CougarTag.com today. That's CougarTag, K-O-O-G-A-Tag.com. CougarTag.com. Buddy, don't do that. Don't worry. Lots of dogs eat grass. Didn't you hear? Dogs can get worm infections from eggs and larvae in the grass. Those parasites can even infect humans. I know. That's why I give my dog Safeguard K9 Dewormer twice a year. It's a safe and easy way to eliminate and prevent the major intestinal worms that infect dogs and to protect my family against infection. Where can I find out more? Just visit www.safeguard.com. That's S-A-F-E hyphen G-U-A-R-D dot com. Hey, you know anyone who has owned a pet can tell you nothing is more frustrating than their pet soiling in the house. Often they do this in one spot over and over and over again. There's a reason why your pets do this. Pets are attracted to their own unique body scent, which is known as their pheromone. And that pheromone is always left behind in every soiling. Therefore, it's natural for your pet to follow his keen sense of smell and go back to it. So the question is, how do we get the pheromone out so our pets stop? Resoiling in the house. Well, the good news is there's finally an answer. It's Get Serious Stain, Odor, and Pheromone Extractor. Get Serious is the only stain and odor remover with the ability to remove your pet's pheromone while also getting out the urine odor and any stain. Stop blaming your pets for resoiling when you used a cleaner that didn't get the pheromone out. And don't spend another minute cleaning up unnecessary repeat accidents. Pick up Get Serious today at PetSmart or visit PetSmart.com. Every year, there are millions of pets in animal shelters across the country just waiting for a loving home. I'm Mike Farrell with a very simple message. If you're thinking of getting a pet, please adopt. To easily locate your closest place to adopt, call Pets 911 toll-free at 1-888-PETS-911. It's easy, it's free, and it gives a pet a second chance at life. Together, we can ensure a better future for our pets. For adoptable pet listings in your community, go to Pets911.com. Pets 911, proud to be partnered with Animal Radio. Hi, this is Shelley Morrison from Willing Grace, and I'm on Animal Radio. Please, spay and neuter your pets. Please. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. Go into the phones, go into the phones, go into the phones. They're all ringing. Which one should we go to? Any good guesses? You've, you've pre screened them, haven't you? Yes. Am I talking too much? Am I... Go to three, go to three. Pick Cut three. my caffeine, please. <laughs> three. Hi, who's this? Bob. Hey, Bob. How are you? Good. I... 
Hi. Are you there now, Hal? I'm, I'm here now. How are okay. you? Okay. Hal, I love your show. Well, thank you. We love you. I, well, <laughs> thank you, thank you, but uh, turn it on my dog, because he calls it all, and uh, I love him to death. I mean, I'm totally thankful for him every day, and every day that he has has been with me, he makes me proud. And Each just, and every day he makes you proud, huh? Absolutely, without a doubt. And that has expanded my feeling, of course, toward him, but also my feeling toward myself. I know what an overload of pride does to me. <laughs> I mean, I am so totally stoked on this dog, and I wonder if I could... Uh, uh, get a copy of the book you were promoting about a dog party. Dog party. Let's party. Well, let's have a dog party from Ingrid Newkirk. Yes, absolutely. We have a bunch of those, and I'm going to send one your way as well as. Would a, you please? Yes, absolutely. Leo and needs I a dog party. I will give you my address either now or off the air later or whatever. Off the air later would be better. Okay. You got to answer some questions for me today, though. Okay. Two questions. You're a dog owner, dog guardian, dog uh, lover. Guardian, yeah. Guardian. What kind of dog? Leo is a Pyrenees, Great Pyrenees Mastiff mix. He weighs about 150 pounds, doesn't he? Right, exactly. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and he's got long hair. His coloration is like a uh, collie. How pretty. His hair length is like a collie or like a Great Pyrenees. Wow. Oh, incidentally, could I ask you a health question? Yes, please. On the back of his neck, uh, right below the back of his head, uh, where his skull hooks into his, his uh, spine, um, he's got a knot, and it's a, a growth, I think, that should be removed. Um, one other time, it became tight like it is now. And all of a sudden, I, I was brushing him, and it was wet back there all of a sudden. So I think that that was full of fluid, and it broke open. Sounds like it. Yeah. It might be some kind of infection, some kind of a bite or something. Yeah, no, he might he might need some kind of antibiotics if, the, if it was fluid, if something has been building up in there. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah. Gotta go to the vet, gotta go to the vet, gotta go to the vet. I guess you gotta go. Yeah. Gotta go, yes, <laughs> just to make sure. Listen, both of you, I mean, I I enjoy your show so much, and it, it sounded before when somebody was saying about their cat uh, giving you uh, psychological uh, uh, premise on, well, the cat is this way and that, and you two were so attentive, I, I thought is. Maybe I should call her Dr. Judy. <laughs> anyway. Um, we, we call her St. Francis around here. Yes. Oh, my goodness. You know what? We're talking about the most intelligent breeds of dogs and the most difficult breeds to train. I have a list here of the uh -huh. most intelligent breeds. What do you think is the top most intelligent breed dog listed here? I, I would say... Uh, in we measure intelligence by how quick they pick things up. Yeah, the criteria for this is fewer than five repetitions of the ability to understand new commands. I would say a shepherd. 
A shepherd? Yeah. Number three on the list. Oh. Number three on the list. I'm, uh, I'm going to put it out to listeners, one 405 8405 What do you think is the most difficult breed to train, Bob? What do you think is the in, most... In terms of overall breed, I, I've had uh, a Siberian that I, I wondered if he was hard of hearing. <laughs> <laughs> because, But he wasn't. He would look around. He would be challenging your thinking. And this is a dog who's got enough presence of of mind to say, hmm, is my way better or is his (laughs) way better? Uh, Let me think about that. And just that uh, five or ten seconds it takes for him to think Uh about whether or not he's going to obey you, that drove you up the wall. That's a smart dog. Pound for pound, they're very, uh, the, the stanima and the overall good health of a Siberian is astounding. But back to your question, what is the overall more most difficult? Mm-hmm. Uh, I've met a lot of, um, it'd have to be a hound. So <laughs> I'm, I'm saying uh, either a basset hound or a um, uh, beagle. 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 That's what I was looking for. Well, Judy's not allowed to guess, but both of those are on the list. None of those are are number one. The Basset Hound comes in number two, and the Beagle comes in number four. So we're still looking for the number one most difficult breed to train. This is a criteria of a list of trainers who have put together. Uh They say these breeds understood a new command only after 80 to 100 repetitions. (laughs) And they only obey the first command, giving them about 25% of the time or worse. The number one, call us right now, 1-866-405-8405. Bob, thank you for calling. Hold on one second. I need to get some information from you. Hell, thank you very much. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. The Animal Minute is brought to you by Urinoff, the number one vet-recommended urine odor and stain remover. To purchase, visit www.urinoff.com. You're in all finally something that works. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. Two British fishermen were a half mile out to sea when what they thought was a log turned out to be a deer. Chris Earle and Tony Alsup were headed out to sea to check on their lobster pots when a deer swam past their boat. They got alongside the frightened animal, lassoed it, and hauled it on board by the antlers. Not having anywhere to keep a deer on board, Mr. Alsup gently sat on it as they headed back to port. They managed to get the deer into the back of their van when they got to the harbor. Although deer are decent swimmers, it's thought that this one must have fallen into the sea. The RSPCA later released the deer into more familiar surroundings, a nearby forest. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Lots of reasons to need a urine odor and stain remover. Your dog's afraid of thunderstorms. Cat hates being alone. You've moved into a new house, but there's only one reason to buy Urinoff because it actually works. Urinoff's high performance formula gets to the source of the problem and removes it permanently, even cat urine. Many odor removers claim to work, but thousands of loyal Urinoff customers, even vets, swear by it. If urine odor is a problem in your home, reach for Urinoff, the odor remover that actually works. Available exclusively at www.urinoff.com or your local vet. Did you know that? 
dogs can get worm infections just by eating grass and that those same parasites can also infect humans. Protect your dog and your family by deworming your dog twice a year with Safeguard Canine Dewormer. For more information, visit www.safe-guard.com. That's S-A-F-E-G-U-A-R-D.com. Hey, this is Cesar Milan. When I'm not doing the dog whisper, I'm listening to Animal Radio. Stay balanced. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. Judy, you know I watch a lot of Animal Planet, don't you? Oh, yes, you do. You always have that channel on. Well, I think Meerkat Manor is, <laughs> is one of those shows, one of the many shows on Animal Planet that I watch. Like, you watch HGTV religiously. I watch Animal Planet religiously. <laughs> okay, I'll give you that. Because I didn't even know what a meerkat was until about until this show started, really. I decided we should get a meerkat expert on to talk about it. No, they're not cats. And they're not meerkats. Pam Bennett Wahlberg joining us. You're a meerkat expert, may I say, right? Well, I wouldn't call myself an expert, but I have been studying and working and caring for meerkats for 20 years, and every day I learn something more. Tell us, and listeners, all of us, including me, what is a meerkat? A meerkat is a winsome uh, member of the mongoose family from southern Africa in the Kalahari Desert. They're only found there, and uh, Meerkat Manor, Animal Planet, has kind of put them on the map. Before um, our partnership with Animal Planet on the project, people would say, a meerkat, oh, I love cats, and had no idea what they are. Uh, but Meerkat Manor has kind of explained uh, to the public what they are and how wonderful they are. How big are they, first of all? For, th- for those have, that haven't seen Meerkat Manor, this little guy looks like an overgrown ferret. <laughs> and surprisingly, they're not related to ferrets or weasels uh, or raccoons at all. Um, they look like they might, but they're not. Uh, they're 12 inches tall and they're 2 pounds. So they're very small. They have the ultimate Napoleon complex. They are small but mighty. (laughs) Small but mighty. They eat scorpions? They love scorpions, and they are immune to the scorpion venom uh, that uh, some of the scorpions in the Kalahari are very dangerous scorpions. Uh, Even the Parabutus, they eat with impunity. (laughs) They're, uh, yes, they're ears. They, uh, They open and close. How does that work? They do open and close, uh, not like you would uh, assume from the outside. They have a tab of flesh inside their ear canal. They swell with blood supply, and that keeps all the dirt and the grit out of the dirt, their ears when they're underground. Oh, interesting. Very now, conveniently designed. Yes. Are there any in the, uh, the U.S.? Are you located in California? We are. We're in Morongo Valley, California. It's a high plateau desert, just as it is in the Kalahari. The property was picked here and purchased just for the meerkats because it's identical to the Kalahari, with the exception the seasons are reversed. Uh, July in the Kalahari is very cold, and of course here it's very hot. But we are strong proponents of appropriate animals and appropriate habitats. Uh, Meerkats live in high deserts, hot weather, um, and cold. Um, and so that's why the property was purchased for them. So they're your pets? Are they oh, your? No. <laughs> how, did, how did they get how did there? They get there? Yes. Uh, these animals have come to us from accredited large facilities, um, like the San Diego Zoo, the San Diego Wild Animal Park, for 20 years. These animals are not legal to have as pets, and they make perfectly terrible pets. Um, these are, and surprisingly, meerkats are one of the most stringently regulated animals in the world. So very few facilities 
uh, have the right credentials to care for them, thus they can't have them. So what you have there is a sanctuary. We do. Is it non-profit? It is a non-profit 501c3 um, organization, yes. And we can adopt a meerkat, right? Yes, we put the adopt in quotation marks because obviously we do not send them home. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but uh, it's a, a win-win situation. Our meerkats love visitors. And so our visitors, um, through the ADOPT program, uh, can come uh, and have a hands-on, nose-to-nose encounter with very intriguing, delightful little animals. Uh, we have it four or fewer uh, visitors. Um, People need to be eight years or older and extremely stable on their feet. We book about six months in advance because we, when the adoptive parents and their guests are here, it's closed to everyone else. So, so our visitors have the entire place to themselves with a private host. So it's quite unique. Do they bite? They can bite, but so can you, Judy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what? We've been, that's the first time in all of our seven years of animal radio that we've ever heard that answer. That, that's I a classic it. answer. I love it. i got to ask you, though, how do you tell the difference between them? If I adopted a meerkat, I wanted to go visit the meerkat, would I be just visiting a bunch of meerkats, or would there be a specific meerkat that I have adopted? Well, to clarify the biting before we go to the identifying, uh, our meerkats have never bitten anyone ever, uh, but we do provide you with gloves because most people don't like to hold uh, little mealworms in their ungloved hands. Uh, so people are perfectly safe to come and visit these animals uh, and have them uh, interact with them. And to identify them, they all look very different, Hal. Uh, they have different markings. They have different personalities, different gaits, different ways of holding their paws. Uh, we never select a meerkat for the adoptive parents. We ask the parents to visit and then meet all the meerkats and then choose their own. Wow. How large are their litters normally? They can be two, three, four animals, five animals. One year when I was in the Kalahari um, with the Whiskers group, actually, um, an experienced mother uh, had seven pups. That's very unusual, uh, but it was an abundantly rich insect year, um, but usually the, the litters are about four. Of all the animals in the world, <laughs> Pam Bennett Wahlberg, why did you choose meerkats? I kind of, they kind of chose me, I think. I was working for a, a large zoo um, doing wildlife programs, and we had one baby meerkat that wasn't thriving, so that led me to be licensed. It was a, an arduous, long process. Uh, but we were finally licensed in 1989, so we've been doing it for some years. So that kind of led me to uh, what I'm doing now. Who would have thought that all these wonderful things would have happened just because a baby meerkat came into my life? How absolutely wonderful. Is there a website where we can learn more about the Fellow Earthlings Wildlife Center? And that is your center, right? It is indeed. Uh, it's meerkats.com. I will spell that for you. Because it is a kind of a weird spelling. It is M E E R K A T S dot com. And of course, links to everything you've heard on today's show at animalradio.com. Pam, thank you so much for joining us today. It was my pleasure. Thank you both. Go give a meerkat a hug from all of us here at Animal Radio. Okay? <laughs> Better still, I'll give him a nice, juicy, juicy worm. That sounds good. There you go. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at animalradio.com. Log on. Learn more. Hi, this is David Fry on Animal Radio. 
I want you to think about this. It's much more important what we learn from our dogs than what we teach them. Did you know that dogs can get worm infections just from eating grass and that those same parasites can also infect humans? Ew, gross. Thank goodness there's a safe and easy way to eliminate and prevent the major worms that infect dogs. Safeguard K90 Wormer. Just sprinkle it on your dog's food twice a year. And that's it? Yep. For more information, visit www.safe-guard.com. That's S-A-F-E-G-U-A-R-D.com. It's the best way I know to protect my dog and my family against intestinal worm infections. Animal Radio is brought to you by Get Serious, a stain and pheromone remover so easy to use, even men can do it. Hey, hey wait a minute. <laughs> Don't take any more excuses, women. It's time to get serious. Get Serious is available at PetSmart and online at GetSeriousProducts.com. Hey, you want to keep a secret from your dog? It's the new fish sticks from Canine Caviar. They're good for your dog's teeth, gums, and also his achy joints. And fish sticks from Canine Caviar are 100% natural, completely digestible, and contain no chemical preservatives, additives, or fillers, and they're low in calories. But don't tell your dog that. All they care about is that they taste good. Get your dog fish sticks at CanineCaviar.com. That's www.CanineCaviar.com. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. There are many cities to spend the holidays. One of those cities, San Francisco, is just exquisite during the holidays. Just like New York, the all the, the stores do beautiful window displays. And they spend literally six months out of the year designing <laughs> these displays. And usually their clothing or their, some kind of nativity scene. But San Francisco, and I don't know how long they've been doing this. In San Francisco, the Macy's invites the San Francisco SBCA in to uh, put animals inside the window dressings. Wow. so that they can get them adopted. You understand what I'm talking about I there? Do. Am I explaining it? The wonderful thing about the San Francisco SPCA is they always come up with wonderful new ways to get people in to find new adoptable animals. We have with us, who do we, we have Kiska Icard. Am I pronouncing your name right? You pronounced it perfectly. Thank you. How are you doing today? We're doing excellent. Okay, so tell us what you do. You, you put adoptable animals in the windows? Yes, this is our 21st year of doing these annual uh, adoptable, adoption windows, and and so the concept is, is rather than a retailer, like you were saying, putting their merchandise and that kind of thing in the windows, uh, that they we actually create these enclosures where the animals can stay throughout the day. And uh, we get a lot of adoptions this way. We'll probably do about 250 adoptions uh, between now and uh, New Year's. That's pretty wow. good. So you've been doing this for 21 years? 21 years. And it's actually my personal 11th uh, year of involvement with the windows, and it's my absolute favorite event with the San Francisco SPCA. So many people, you know, come to San Francisco, like you said, for the holidays. And uh, if they don't live here or they live in other parts of the world, they're always amazed by, by really the generosity that Macy's has gone through. When you see the extent that they've gone to to create these windows, uh, this year the theme are these snow globes, these very elaborate snow globes with these, you know, blown domes. And the animals are actually quite content in these little enclosures. <laughs> I was amazed that opening day there were so many people crowded around the windows and when they pulled when Steve Young pulled back the curtains all the animals were so content. They really seemed comfortable in their environment. You know, we, we go through very, uh, like like you said, 
planning these, you know, six months in advance and going to extreme lengths to make sure that these animals are comfortable because nobody's going to be happy and, and, and you know, it's going to make it really sad if you go and you see an, an, an animal that's, that's scared and frightened. So, you know, we really try to make sure that the enclosures have the animals in mind first, but then, you know, to, to really create a, a brilliant concept. And, I, and I'm just amazed at what they've done this year with the snow globes. How do you keep the cats and kittens from climbing everything and puncturing globes and well, it, it, getting through, into trouble? Through a lot of experience, you know, working with the designers. And, and they, you know, each have their own uh, de- idea and concept. And, and although a lot of times it's a really good idea, you know, we then come in and say, you know what, this kind of surface, actually, the animals are going to tend to chew on. So uh-huh. can we, you know, put in something that, that, that maybe that they're not going to be able to, to chew on? Uh, for instance, the one of the snow globes this year is a, a, the tree lighting ceremony that happens every year in Union Square. And the trees are actually made out of ceramics. So there's nothing to induce the puppies or anything uh, to chew on. So, But, you know, we also really have to make sure that, that the animals we're putting in the windows are, are going, going to do well. You know, if somebody's really rambunctious and, and, and going to, to be chewing on everything, then uh, then maybe we'll have them inside the, uh, in, inside the adoption center because we also have animals that might, may not do well in the windows right. in the adoption center. Macy's so people can adopt them as well. It's the 21st annual Holiday Windows Adoption Outreach in San Francisco. Remember, if it's animal-related news, you hear it 21 years later. Uh, (laughs) The corners of O'Farrell and Stockton Streets, Macy's Union Square in San Francisco, and of course, uh, www.sfspca.org is the website to learn more and links to everything you've heard on today's show at animalradio.com. Akiska, thank you so much for joining us. Perfect. Today. We also have webcams up, so if you can't make it down to the website, go to our website. Uh, sorry, to the location, go to, go to our website, and you can see the animals in the windows on your computer. Very good. Thank you so much. You're awesome. Keep up the good work. Thanks so much, and come down. Happy, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Hi, Joanne Worley on Animal Radio. Hello! And please spay and neuter your pets. Be a responsible pet owner. As a matter of fact, spay and neuter your friend's pets also. Give it to them as a Christmas present. What a good idea. Hi, this is Betty White. All us animal lovers love Animal Radio. Please help every way you can to make life better for our animals. This is an Animal Radio News Update, made possible by the Simple Solution Natural line of 100% biodegradable pet care products. Pets are being considered as a way to assist crime victims. I'm Hal Abrams. There's scientific evidence that owning pets can cheer depressed people and reduce blood pressure in humans. And the board that governs the Office of Crime Victim Reparations is pondering whether an animal might help victims of violent crime. Crime Victim Reparations is funded by money paid by criminals once they're convicted. Judges can impose a fine and a surcharge, and the surcharge is distributed to a variety of state entities. They also get federal grant money. In fact, last year it paid out $7.4 million to victims of violent crime, with the majority of that helping with medical bills for both physical and psychological assistance after someone's been hurt as a result of a crime. Now, the board that governs the Office of Crime Victim Reparations has asked its director, Ronald Gordon, to research whether there is scientific data to bolster the idea that having a comfort animal could assist crime victims in their healing. You can get more Animal Radio news at AnimalRadio.com. 
This has been an Animal Radio News Update, brought to you by the Simple Solution Natural line of 100% biodegradable pet care products. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. Earth-conscious consumers have an eco-friendly choice in pet care. The Simple Solution Natural line of 100% all-natural pet products, 100% biodegradable training pads, biodegradable even by California standards. They'll biodegrade faster than an orange peel. Also, Simple Solution Natural Pet Stain and Odor Remover, a great alternative to harsh chemicals found in traditional household cleaners. Simple Solution Natural, based on a way of life. Find Simple Solution at Petco, PetSmart, or your local pet retailer. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. Hi, everybody. I'm Dr. Jim Humphreys for Animal Radio. For more than 30 years, human doctors have used various types of surgical lasers to help people heal faster and with less pain. But it's only been within the past 10 years that veterinarians have started utilizing the same technology, providing a similar level of comfort for their patients. Using a laser during surgery instead of a scalpel blade provides many advantages to the surgeon. First, the precision nature of lasers enables the veterinarian to finely tune the amount of tissue affected by the surgery. This reduces damage to the surrounding area. Second, lasers will help control bleeding by sealing off many tiny capillaries and vessels that may leak during normal surgeries. Third, lasers help reduce the amount of swelling that's associated with any sort of surgery. Lasers vaporize cells, so bacteria that could start an infection will also be vaporized, helping to minimize the potential of postoperative infections. And finally, lasers reduce the amount of pain involved in surgeries by actually sealing the ends of nerves of the affected tissues. This stops the pain impulse and will actually help the pet heal faster. With all these advantages, many more veterinarians have started to offer the choice of laser surgery for their patients. For most veterinarians, using the laser during routine spay or neuter can help minimize the swelling and discomfort that many pets might experience. But beyond routine surgeries such as that, there are a multitude of other procedures that benefit with the use of lasers in surgery. Any oral surgery will will actually go smoother with a laser because there's less bleeding. Cosmetic surgeries, such as repairing constricted nostrils in a pug type of breed, also benefit because of the precise nature of that laser. Lasers have been used to remove anal sacs in dogs who experience trouble expressing them. Beyond all these wonderful advantages, the laser does have a single major drawback. For some veterinarians, the cost of purchasing a laser is just out of reach. But many veterinarians are finding that the numerous benefits of laser surgery far outweigh the cost. For those clients whose veterinarians have purchased a laser to help provide a more human-like level of care, you might expect the surgical invoices to increase a little bit. From the routine surgeries to repairing hereditary abnormalities, lasers are helping veterinarians keep their patients healthy and happy. For the Veterinary News Network at myvnn.com, I'm Dr. Jim Humphreys reporting for Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at animalradio.com. Log on. Learn more. 
No correct answers yet on the most intelligent breed of dog. No one guessed it. Not even a guess. So I'll tell you. The most intelligent breed of dog. This comes from a list. They say that the criteria of this list is they understand new commands in fewer than five repetitions. And they obey the first command 95% of the time or better. Topping the list. The smartest dog or the most intelligent dog. The Border Collie. Followed by the Poodle. The German Shepherd. The Golden Retriever. The Doberman Pinscher. The Shetland Sheepdog. The Labrador Retriever. The Papillon. The Rottweiler. And the Australian Cattle Dog. Now, the most difficult breeds to train, top of the list, uh-huh. is the Shih Tzu, followed by the Basset Hound, the Mastiff, the Beagle, Pekingese, Bloodhound, Borzoi, Chow Chow, Bulldog, Busenji, and an honorable mention for the Afghan Hound there. <laughs> so, there you go. I hope you have one of the smart ones there, and if not, I know they give they have a heart of gold, yes, as Judy do. puts it. We get your email at yourvoice at animalradio.com. Email us all week long. Tell us what's on your mind if you have a question. This one just came in. Ironically, it's it's addressed to Heloise, and um, she no longer works here. She's she, gone on to her own gig. She has her own thing going. They always start here on Animal Radio. Uh, anyway, we're going to answer it. It says, I was wondering what I can use to break up the scale buildup on my cat's pet fountain. If you have one of those pet fountains, listen up. She goes on to say, I don't use traditional cleaners. They could make my cat sick. Yes, that is true. How about vinegar? White vinegar. Pour enough vinegar into the fountain to cover the scaly buildup. Place it away for a day or so. Wash it clean afterwards. And it's an amazing cleaner for a pet-friendly house. You can use it in all kinds of things, okay? Very good. That's all we have for this hour. You can call us at 1-866-405-8405 all week long or your voice at AnimalRadio.com. Or you can uh, get us on your cell phone. Simply text ANIMAL to 27627. And remember, we're streaming online 24 hours a day, 7 days a week at AnimalRadio.com. And remember, if you get a pet, please spay or neuter. And if it happens to be a cat, don't declaw. And always adopt from your local shelter. I'm Judy Francis. I'm Hal Abrams. We'll see you next week for more Animal Radio right here on this fine station. This is Animal Radio Network. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. And welcome back. This hour, animal communicator Joy Turner is joining us. If you'd like to talk to your pets or any pets, here or and beyond, 1-866-405-8405 will get you in queue to talk to her. Also, Fido-friendly travel talk with Susan Sims and a must-have giveaway, something for your first aid kit. That's all on the show. Uh, your email. In fact, we just got this. Studio's on fire. Studio's on fire. No, we just got this in. Email at yourvoice at animalradio.com. This lady, uh, see, Karen. Hi, Karen. Thanks for listening to Animal Radio. She wants to know where you can purchase Animal Safe Antifreeze in Trenton, New Jersey. She would also like to know if it does the same efficient job as the regular antifreeze. And what makes it animal safe? Well, it just happens to be that on today's show, we're talking to Dr. Debbie White. And she's going to give us the, the 411 on antifreeze, the 411, is that sort of, that's so 90s. <laughs> but it works. 1-866-405-8405. Hi, who's this? Hi, my name's Annette. Hi, Annette, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. My dog's not doing too swell, though, I don't think. I'm, I'm a little concerned. Um, I listen to 920 AM in San Luis Obispo, California. Thank you very Animal much. Animal Radio. 
Okay, and uh, listen, my dog has been drinking excessive amounts of water, and I took her to the dog park today here in El, at El Charo Regional Park, and, and, and I mean, it was like every 15 seconds she was squatting to pee. I've never seen her like this, and I'm about five minutes from a vet. You mm. know, I, should I take her to a vet or what? When did this start? Uh, I just noticed it today. It may have started yesterday because a friend of mine took care of her. I had to go uh, do some things in the courthouse yesterday. I was on uh, jury duty. Mm, okay. Uh, well, you know, it can be either extreme. You could It could have been that your girlfriend yesterday gave uh, him or her a treat that was really salty and they drank a lot. Or it could be on the other side of the spectrum. It could be kidney problems. So I got to say the best thing to do, unfortunately, is go to the vet, if it's, especially if it's just five minutes away, and let the doctor check uh, him or her out. I, I take really good care of my animal, but she's 12 years old, and I'm concerned about the kidneys also. Yeah. You know what? You got to go to the vet, have her checked out, and uh, make sure that it's not kidney problems. We'll hope and pray that it was just like a salty treat. You know, well, after a pepperoni pizza, I'll tell you, I drink... Uh, Soda after soda after soda. Gallons. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And let us know how it turns out there, okay? You bet I will, and thank you so much. You guys are so wonderful. Thank you for listening. You Take have a care. great evening. You too. one 405 Yes, if your animal ever starts drinking excessively and going to the bathroom, especially if it's continuing for three, four days, you want to get to the vet and make sure you could nip any problems in the bud. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. We're with Dr. Debbie White. She has a very successful practice in Las Vegas. Uh, I know you work sometimes seven days a week, Sunday included. Around Christmas, I imagine you see some pretty funky things. What do you see? Absolutely. Oh, well, uh, most of it is actually harm that we cause unknowingly Mm. by sharing the holiday festivities with our pets. The biggest things would be uh, food-related. Okay. Eating bones, sharing turkey or ham bones with our pets. Um, And that can definitely cause some serious problems. And you get called in uh, during your festivities to remove a bone, I imagine, or or something like that. What about tinsel? Oh, yeah. For cats, it's really a big problem. Uh, Tinsel, wrapping ribbons, they're very attractive. They're shiny. They make movements, and cats really like them. However, when they ingest them, they can cause a linear foreign body and really tear up their insides and require exploratory surgery on your holiday. Uh, That's yeah. not, a, not a way to spend your holiday or really any day. There's other things. We have a lot of problems with um, pets that ingest um, other table foods. Mm. So we might share the mashed potatoes, sure. the gravy, the other foods. And those are high fat and they're mm. rich and they're not their normal food. So we can get a lot of uh, gastroenteritis cases. Mm. And even pancreatitis, which is a very life-threatening uh, inflammation of the pancreas. Well, I see people say, I'm going to give the this fatty part of the meat to my animal because that's what they eat in nature or something like that. But that that's really not the case. You shouldn't be doing that, should you? Well, we know that dogs thrive best on a stable diet, something mm. consistent. Um, and occasionally, yeah, they maybe do, do fine with eating those things. But we want to try to minimize the upset to their stomach. Okay. Um, there's a lot of other things around the holidays. Um, we've got to remember we have a lot of electrical cords, Ooh. lights out, and just like that tinsel, cats are going to be drawn to that. Yeah. And we have seen around the holidays dogs, cats, ferrets, um, uh, and even rats. 
rabbits that will chew on electrical cords and suffer electrocution burns. Um, so you definitely want to keep those out of the reach of your pets. Now, I know one thing, Judy, is you put out the candles. Yes, yes, I have too many candles going on. I always worry about your cats. Cats that might walk on the countertops could get close. They can have uh, burns on their fur. Um, and then the other potential for injury to the home, uh, knocking over a candle and starting a fire. So you really want to be careful if you have cats in your home. What about bones from the turkey? Oh, my goodness, yes. Oh, every year we see lots of that. Um, and that's the same thing. Don't share it with your pet. Uh, we see a lot of perforation, a lot of emergency surgery around the holidays because uh, people share their bones with their pets. There's got to be some strange items with all Christmas presents. Dogs must get into some of the, the packages and open them up and ingest some things that uh, aren't so good for them. Oh, yeah. And um, sweets, all the holiday goodies that come about this time of year. And I can tell you, firsthand experience, um, uh, my dog has had the, the worst chocolate toxicity I think I've ever seen in oh, practice. Oh, what happened? He got into a mess load of chocolate that I had uh, for uh, from a holiday vacation, and uh, he became very uh, seriously ill, had heart arrhythmias, um, and uh, we had to treat him uh, induce vomiting and really do supportive care on him. Was that regular chocolate or, or the, uh, the oh, dark no. chocolate? It was, it was the good dark, stuff. Yeah. It was uh, multiple dark chocolate, cookies, you name it. I was a irresponsible pet owner. He had it all within reach. <laughs> sure. Dark chocolate, is that more dangerous than the, the lighter chocolate? Yeah, dark chocolate has higher components of uh, theobromine, which is the dangerous part of uh, chocolate. Is that the same thing for cats? Yeah, the, the interesting with cats is um, they don't really like gorge it. themselves, yes. and uh, so they're less apt to do that. And once you get a dog who likes chocolate, they have a taste for it, so they'll go back to it later. Well, some dogs will eat anything, and I know cats, they don't like sweets, do they? No, um, you have to watch things like eggnog around oh, the holidays, really? okay. um, flavored uh, alcohol drinks where cats or dogs might venture up to them because uh, really pets should not have any alcohol whatsoever. Now, should our animals get into that chocolate or something else nasty? Is there anyone we can call? Yes, you can call the ASPCA hotline if you have questions about particular toxicities. And that is one eight eight eight. 426-4435. They have a website, which is kind of a long address, so we'll go ahead and we'll post it at animalradio.com, plus that phone number there. Have that phone number there. Post it on your refrigerator. Anytime during the year, you might need that. Okay, hypothermia. Do you really see animals with hypothermia? Do they? Can they really get hypothermia? Yes, and we definitely see it more for younger pets um, as well as older pets or that might have health conditions. So they really can suffer uh, cold temperatures, uh, temperature stress, uh, and that leads into even things like frostbite. They can't tell us that they're getting hypothermia. How do we know? What are the signs? really have to watch your pets as far as their activity, their uh, responsiveness. Are they looking around? Are they active? Are they focusing all their energies on staying warm, huddling, and kind of hiding in an outdoor environment? If it looks like this might be the case, other than getting them inside, is there anything we can do? Getting them inside is key. Um, if we suspect they might have frostbite or hypothermia, we want to warm them. Uh, we can do that by either warm towels, uh, putting them in a warm water bath. Um, but we really want to make sure we prevent hypothermia and frostbite. So keep your pets indoors. If it's getting below uh, freezing temperatures, they need to stay inside, keep them safe, keep them out of that environment. What about space heaters? They're so dangerous. You always hear year after year about the fires. Yeah, and, and you 
you might, uh, a lot of pet owners might think they're doing the right thing, keeping their pets in the garage, perhaps running a space heater. But we have those same problems with carbon monoxide poisonings. Mm. Um, you know, and they can knock those things over. It could be a fire hazard for uh, the whole household. Of course, uh, antifreeze. We hear about that over and over. Do you see antifreeze poisoning? Oh, we sure do. Um, cats are probably the most susceptible to it because they have a very low tolerance to the component ethylene glycol. But we see it a lot in dogs as well. Doesn't it taste sweet? It does. It has a sweet flavor, and unfortunately for cats, just a teaspoon for the average-sized cat will be enough to really be fatal. So it's so important that we keep this out of the reach of our pets. You know, I think about the antifreeze that falls onto the concrete on your driveway. You want to be very diligent with this. So if you're changing the antifreeze or you notice a leak, you want to make sure you address any leaks in your vehicle because even a small exposure for your pets or a neighborhood pet could really be very serious. I haven't personally purchased it, but I've heard that there's antifreeze now that they're making that doesn't have the component that causes it. So when you're buying your antifreeze, look for a specific kind. What kind is that? Do you know? Yes. It's actually a component that contains propylene glycol, which is less toxic. It's not completely untoxic, but it's less toxic. Um, And you'll find that in brands such as Sierra. Prestone also has one there, which is a low toxicity level. But that is a good substitute. But you still always want to be vigilant. Make sure you clean up after any kind of spills. What symptoms are signs that maybe our animal's poisoned? Um, If we notice problems where the pet is lethargic, um, vomiting, if they're drinking excessively, urinating of excessive amounts, those can be signs of the kidney failure. Um, And a lot of pets will actually even almost appear drunk or even wobbly. So if you see those and if your pet is an outdoor pet or has exposure to the potential antifreeze, you really want to make sure you get them looked at. Those feral cats that you feed out back of the uh, animal radio studios, Judy, they're always looking for warm places, always worried about cars. And I hear this. I turn on the news every winter and there's always a story. You'll see it, right? Yes. In fact, I had a neighbor who a stray cat got in her vehicle and she wasn't aware of it. And she went out in the morning and started the vehicle not knowing a cat had crawled in there the night before for warmth. That is a very real problem. And we see that in any climate, even here in our little Las Vegas environment. Um, They like to seek the warm spot. And uh, before that engine starts up is the time to really knock on the hood. Really? Just Um, knock on the hood? Scare them out? Let them know? Try to scare them. Yeah. Um, If you have uh, feral cats in your environment, you really want to make sure you do that before you start that engine. Because that gives them that few second uh, leap to get out of that vehicle. What other household poisonings do you see in your office? We see a lot of actually rat poisons as the temperatures drop Mm. and people are worried about uh, rodents, uh, vermin coming into the home. It is something a lot of people put out and we don't always think about the potential risk for our own pets. What does rat poison taste like? Is it sweet? Have you tasted it? Can we get some rat poison for me to taste? Yeah. Get some rat poison for you. Not a problem. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because they do flavor it for it, make it appetizing for rats, it isn't a far reach for a dog or cat to get into it. And a lot of accidents occur when people mistakenly put them in areas they think are inaccessible to their own pets, and that isn't the case. Well, not only that, people put it outside their homes if their pets are in the home, but they've got to realize there's other feral animals out there, cats and, you know, possibly even dogs in the neighborhood that can ingest it. Rat poison is really is an anticoagulant uh, type of toxin, so um, we can really see some big problems with pets if they get into this, and it's the same thing. We don't know about it right away, um, and it's delayed a couple of days before we find out about it generally. If you think your animal has been poisoned or even have a question, please call the ASPCA Poison Control Center at one 426 4435 if you're driving along right now. Do not fear. We'll post this information at AnimalRadio.com. It's a good number to have all year round because 
issues. It could be summer, it could be spring, it could be any time of the year. There's going to be poisons that your animal can get into. you got to make sure you clean that garage, get everything on a high shelf. Try not to use the items that are poisonous. I don't think you really need to use rat poison. I know that you can go out and buy a safer antifreeze. There are ways and you can learn more at the ASPCA Poison Control website. Their website is www.apcc.aspca.org. Now, if you didn't get that, we're posting it at animalradio.com for you. Dr. Debbie White, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you much. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at animalradio.com. Log on. Learn more. Hi, this is John O'Hurley. You're listening to Animal Radio. And remember, most importantly, please spay or neuter. At Onesto Organics, we believe in whole foods for the whole animal. All of our human-grade organic pet foods are unrefined and dehydrated to preserve vital nutrients. Our veggie hides for dogs are delicious, nutritious, and completely free of grain, gluten, corn, and soy. Onesto Organics, we're all about healthful goodness for your pet. Honestly, nothing less will do. Check us out at www.onestaorganics.com. Do you know what you're serving for dinner tonight? If the FDA has its way, the milk and meat you see at the grocery store could come from cloned animals. And you won't even know because it won't be labeled. Cloning animals for food involves more than just food safety. Animal suffering and other ethical issues must also be considered. The cloning process uses hundreds of animals to produce just one clone, causing death or severe health problems for most of the animals involved. Just because we can clone animals for food doesn't mean we should. Contact the American Anti-Vivisection Society to learn more about the problems with animal cloning at www.endanimalcloning.org. That's www.endanimalcloning.org. And have a voice in what you are serving for dinner tonight. Fido-Friendly Magazine. Perhaps you can do without it, but for kibble's sake, thinking a dog. At last, a voice for us traveling canines. Until now, few have taken mobile pooches seriously. After all, who appreciates warm shelter and a comfy bed more than a dog? Fido-Friendly, the travel magazine for you and your dog. A quarterly guide to Fido-Friendly accommodations in the United States and Canada. Because if Fido ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Subscribe at FidoFriendly.com. Your dog will thank you. Hey, you want to keep a secret from your dog? It's the new fish sticks from Canine Caviar. They're good for your dog's teeth, gums, and also his achy joints. And fish sticks from Canine Caviar are 100% natural, completely digestible, and contain no chemical preservatives, additives, or fillers, and they're low in calories. But don't tell your dog that. All they care about is that they taste good. Get your dog fish sticks at CanineCaviar.com. That's www.caninecaviar.com. Hi, I'm Victoria Jackson, and you're listening to Animal Radio. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. It's Final Friendly Travel Talk with Susan Sims. Susan, where are we going? Well, we have a lot of fun, fun travel, dog-related travel. Oh! ready for 
greetings. Sorry okay. about that. Hi, everybody. This is Susan Sims for Fido Friendly Travel Talk on Animal Radio. As our listeners might have discovered, planning a trip with Fido can sometimes be a daunting task. There's so much to consider beyond packing the necessary items into your doggy's duffel bag, and you may not realize that help is just a phone call away when you call Puppy Travel, the travel agency for all your dog travel needs. And on the line, we have Barbara DeBry, owner of Puppy Travel. Hi, Barbara. Hi, Susan. Welcome to the show. Hey. How are you? I'm doing well. Really doing I'm well. such a big fan of your services, and okay. I love what your website states, and that is we are more than regular travel agents. We are pet travel agents. So please tell our listeners what about your services at Puppy Travel make it different, unique from just tra- you know calling your normal travel agent. Right off the top is that we make it unique because we know the rules about traveling with pets combined with passenger travel, which is sometimes they're totally different regulations and rules. And so right there, that sets us apart. Most travel agents, I was a regular travel agent for years. Most travel agents, if you tell them you were bringing your dog, they would just stop cold. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. I, I, I think, too, that uh, the airlines, are all they all have their different program and they, they have their restrictions and flying pet in cabin or in cargo and I know when you're trying to plan these uh, different trips, if you wanted to sit down and go through all the different airlines out there, whether they would even fly your pet, it would just take forever. So basically a person would call you up and say, you know, I live in California and I want to fly to Florida, Uh and you would just take them on a step-by-step how to and where to fly and and, uh, what their carrier would be. Exactly. And this time of year, especially this week and next week, the first part of next week, we will get, we are already trying to receive hundreds of phone calls from people who are traveling for the holidays and suddenly realize that um, the airline won't take their pet. Oh, wow. And so they already bought their airline ticket and didn't think about that, or they didn't reserve kennel space, so they think, oh, I'll just take my pet. But then they find out, oh, that doesn't work so easily either. Mm-hmm. So it's really, really wise to check all that out before you actually pay for your airline ticket. I think the airlines, too, it's kind of, they, they have a limited a space, don't they? they? Do. I mean, it's like you're, if you have a small pet, you can go in cabin, but you, does that count as a, a carry-on item? How does that work? Well, they charge you as an extra. It's an extra piece. It's usually, it ranges anywhere from 75 to $150 additional each way domestically in the United States. And they only allow one, sometimes two, total pets per cabin on the inside of the aircraft so that right there if there's two people ahead of you you're you, you don't you can't take it oh wow that's that's important stuff now what about cargo is that uh, a little cargo more lenient is, yes they're much more lenient most airlines it's first come first serve if they take them as checked pets and most of the airlines that will any of the domestic carriers that take them as a checked pet in the hold will have a temperature embargo restriction. So that means if you're flying in out of Chicago, for example, and the weather's going to turn cold, they will deny your pet. Now, I know with the Midwest Airlines, I, I spoke with them recently, and they have, um, I think they, they might be a little different because it seems like their cargo area isn't where the normal luggage is. They have a dedicated um, co- climate-controlled, if you will, area. Is is that going to make a difference then if people want to use that airline? Um, it, it only depends. It's actually not the inside of the aircraft that is the concern for the airline. It's the tarmac. And so it's the, it's the going from the building into the aircraft that is the concern. 
for like Delta Airlines, United Airlines, American Airlines, Northwest Airlines, they're going to have some temperature issues. Where um, Continental Airlines, they don't even take check pets, but they will take any pet any time of year as a piece of manifested cargo, which is a little bit different, which is pricier. Can you share a couple of maybe adventure stories that's a little different or, or something that would, would be fun for us to hear about? Um, well, I had one uh, a, a couple that they were going to Paris, and they um, were taking their dog. And, of course, France is very dog-friendly once you get there. But there was a couple of things that they wanted to do, day trips, etc. And so we arranged to have some pet sitters come to their hotel so that they could or to take them to a wonderful place where they could have their pets sat for the day while they went off on their day excursions. Oh, how fun. We've done that. Um, we do get the odd odd ones, like and, and a rat, pet rat, had that, had some turtles, had some um, chinchillas that we sent to Germany, which was kind of fun, had a rabbit we sent down to, to Brazil. I mean... <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we, we've done some fun things. It's, it's you know, there's always, you never think you've heard it all because you're going to hear something new. So <laughs> I'm with you on that. I have done some research for some people as far as going to destinations that were dog-friendly, pet-friendly destinations where they could actually do things with their dogs, like massages, etc. cetera. Mm-hmm. I think those are rather cost-prohibitive. I think people find out, wow, you know, that's... <laughs> That's a little extreme. <laughs> we went to Santa Barbara with Gus Parker. Uh, this was a couple of years ago, and uh, when we got into our room on the, you know, on the tabletop, they'll have little, you know, maybe packets of information. Uh-huh. And on the tabletop, it had dog masseuse, and it was oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. X amount for an hour. And then it had a people, a cost for people. And I looked at my husband, and I said, "Well, if I'm not getting a massage, the dog's not getting a massage either." <laughs> yeah. See, that's that's the thing. Is it sounds really. It's almost like Hollywoodish, but the reality is, is that you're, you know you're going to shell out 135 dollars for a reiki massage for you know your dog. You know <laughs> that's mm-hmm. a lot of you know it's a lot. So yeah, I, I think it sounds really good, but in, the reality is no. I think most yeah. people just need help with the logistics of getting from point A to point B. Yeah, and that's where you come in. And I want to thank you so much for sharing all sure. your your pet travel experiences. That's all we do is people and pet travel together for <laughs> comedy. We don't do anybody else. Well, thanks again. And for all you listeners, if you, if you want to learn more about puppy travel and what they have to offer, you can go online to puppytravel.com and have fun deciding on your next Fido-friendly excursion. So sit and stay. We'll be right back with more on Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at animalradio.com. Log on. Learn more. I said enough. Hey, gang, this is the Money Man, Eddie Money. Make sure you spay to your pets and keep the dial right here to Animal Radio. It's the greatest station in the world. Animal Radio is brought to you by the American Anti-Vivisection Society. Stop the FDA from allowing milk and meat from cloned animals to be sold in grocery stores. Contact the American Anti-Vivisection Society for information at www.endanimalcloning.org. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. I'm just getting one of those deja vus. 
Really? You ever get those deja vus? Yes, all the time. Not good to do live on air. No, come back to us. Coming up in just a couple of minutes, Joy Turner, animal communicator extraordinaire. She is joining us. She'll be talking to your pets here or beyond. 1-866-405-8405. Call now. We'll get you in queue. And while we're waiting... How much does it cost to own a pet? A lot of money, I'm guessing. Uh, something you should consider, especially right now around the holidays, if you're thinking of getting a companion animal. Food and collars are only two of the whole litany of expenses that the average pet guardian will incur within a year. The ASPCA has put together a list. God bless those folks at the ASPCA. They do a, <laughs> do a great job. They say to raise a cat cost $640 a year. What? That doesn't sound right. They also say for small dogs, $780 a year. And for a large dog, $1,500 a year. I double it. I'm a cat guardian and I know this is, yeah, that's not, that's not right. Let's file this. Can we file this away in the, (laughs) there, just file it away under ASPCA. God bless those. But they do great work at the ASPCA, but they're, they're a little short. Now, there's an Australian company that did a survey, and they said it cost $53,000 to raise a dog for his whole life. Dogs average 12 years or so? Yeah, 12, 12, 16, depending on the size of the dog, right. of course. The smaller, the longer it probably will live. $53,000 sounds a little more in the ballpark of what it would I know it cost 180000 to raise a human kid. It's got to cost at least 53000 to raise a dog. Anyway, it really doesn't matter because in the long run, we get so much wonderful love from them. Uh, is Joy ready? Do we have someone on the line? We do. Line two. Hi, Joy. Hello, Hal. How are you doing today? Doing very well. It seems like it's been ages since we've spoken to you. It does, doesn't it? Yes, it does. And one 405 Hi, who is this? Hi, this is Jason from uh, Chicago, Illinois. Hi, Jason. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Very good. You are on with Joy Turner. Hi, Joy. How are you? Hi, Jason. I'm great. And who would you like to talk with today? Uh, I have a dog, Bodie. He's a boxer. And uh, let me give you a little background. About five months ago, uh, my wife and I had a baby. And um, he's really good with the baby. However, whenever I uh, leave to go to work in the morning, he, like, barricades the door and will not let me out of the house. And he only does it with me. So I'm kind of curious what he's thinking. Okay, well, he first of all wants to say, Hello, Dad. Right. And he wants to, you to know that he loves you very much. Was he your dog before your wife? Uh, no, we both got him. At, we actually have two boxers, and the female doesn't do this at all. The, uh, the male, it's just every morning when I go to work, he just won't let me leave the house. He kind of... You know, nips at my my uh, my pant legs, and he he literally gets up on his hind legs and holds the door shut, and just will not let me leave the house in the morning. Yes, and he says there's a very good, very logical reason for that. And I'm telling him, good. We'd like to know what that is. He says he understands that you're the father, that uh-huh. you're like the um, the protector, the one that sort of gives direction, if you will, to the family, and he feels like if you're not there, then that job has to fall to him. Really? And he doesn't really want that job. <laughs> he thinks that you do a fine job of that job, and he really would appreciate it. Um, for him, when you leave the house, when you physically leave, 
he doesn't really get the idea that you can still be those things without physically being present. So I will talk to him about that, and I'm going to tell you the way that you can remind him of what I say, okay? Perfect. Okay, first of all, when you talk to him, you're going to talk slowly, and you're going to imagine pictures in your mind as much as you can about what you're saying. And the kind of thing you would want to say, not necessarily exactly like this, but following this general theory, is that you understand that you're the protector and you're the director kind of of the family. And you also understand that he feels when you leave, your body leaves the house, that then that job falls to him. And what we want to explain to him is that even though your physical body is in a different physical location, your whole big energy of who you are still stays as the director and still stays as the instructor of the family. So you always have that job, and it never falls to him unless he wants it. Okay. Does that make sense? That makes absolute sense, and I can kind of actually see that in his uh, his personality, too. <laughs> to, be, to be honest with you, I can kind of totally see him saying that back to me. Oh, good. And that's how you would just tell him that, is that even though, and you have to use the physical body because that's what he's cueing on. Mm-hmm. And then talk to him about your other big energy, whatever you want to call that. Um, really doesn't matter to him as long as you let him know that even though your body is somewhere else, the whole rest of you is still doing that same job. So he can't, he can't deal with the stress of being in charge for the day. <laughs> He's, well, he tries to, but he really doesn't want that job. He yeah. thinks his job is to be there and be happy and be funny. Right. And he can't be happy and be funny and in his mind, be the instructor of the family, too. Well, that that actually makes a lot of sense. Good. Very good. Thank you so much, Jason, for calling. Hold on one second there. Joy, if someone wants to get in touch with you during the week to talk with you, how can they contact you? They can either call 425-867-1779, or they can go online to talkwithyouranimals.com or joyturner.com. They both go to the same place. And don't forget, you can get your Joy Turner fix weekdays at AnimalRadio.com. We'll speak to you very soon again. Thanks very much, Hal. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. PetGadgets.com. If you're looking for innovative and high-tech pet products, PetGadgets.com. Unique and high-tech products that you won't find at your local pet store. PetGadgets.com. Find the latest products that will make life easier for you and your pet. PetGadgets.com. Everything from massage beds to a remote-controlled tennis ball launcher. PetGadgets.com. Be top dog in your neighborhood. Shop at PetGadgets.com. Every once in a while, there comes along a special group of animal lovers that stands strongly in defense of the voiceless. Animal People is that newspaper for people who really care about the animals. Animal People's published 10 times yearly. The publisher is a nonprofit corporation dedicated to exposing the existence of cruelty to animals and to informing and educating you so that animal lovers worldwide can eliminate such cruelty. Your subscription is $24 a year and is 100% tax deductible. Get Animal People's fair and accurate investigative reporting from the industry watchdog. Visit our website at www.animalpeoplenews.org. That's www.animalpeoplenews.org to subscribe to the news for people who care about animals. Animal People. Subscribe today at www.animalpeoplenews.org. Hi, I'm 
I'm Jay Moore, and as a sports fan, I can tell you there's nothing quite better than spending a day in the park playing catch with a beautiful lady. Like Shirley, my dog. Listen, adopt a pet. They are the most loyal companions you will ever have. Visit Pets911.com or call 1-888-PETS-911. Hooray! For more information, go to Pets911.com. Proud to be a partner of Animal Radio. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. Hello, doctor. Hello. How are you doing? Good. How are you? We have Dr. Deborah Mandel joining us, and we've been talking so much about the first aid kits that we should have prepared in case of a disaster, and it becomes even more apparent with the uh, the wildfires in Southern yeah, California. Absolutely. But you know what? Even with the the first aid kit, I wouldn't know what to do with all this stuff. <laughs> you have sort of bridged that gap there with the dog first aid from the Red Cross. Yeah. With DVD all included, tell us about it. What's in it? Will a, a bonehead like me be able to learn what to do with all these things? It's- well, it it definitely will help. It it sort of has two focuses. One is um, directions on treatment of everything from cuts and scrapes to rescue steps if your dog is choking or has a cardiac emergency. It includes what to do in a family's disaster plan. It definitely goes through different first aid, like bandaging and placing medications, things like that, to help owners be able to do that. It also helps owners recognize different signs so that they can know if they're having an emergency and be able to do something much more quickly and be able to go to a veterinarian much more quickly, which gives you a much better chance of helping the animal. I love the pictures inside. There's uh, detailed pictures. Oftentimes when somebody's giving you instructions, you you don't have the pictures and you don't really understand what's happening. So it's all right there. Now, what's the DVD about? The DVD covers... um, Many of the different emergencies that are in the book, um, not all of them, but it definitely covers choking, it covers CPR, it covers eye emergencies, so it covers um, different and, and goes through how to perform CPR, different steps that you can do in choking, so it even is, is even better than pictures in a step-by-step what to do in different emergencies. Yeah, you know, if you're like me, I need to see something visually. To s- I learn faster. I can look at a book with pictures, but the DVD really helped me visualize it and be able to do it myself. And, and basically, you know, the best thing to do in emergency or the best way to respond to emergency is to really know that you feel comfortable and know what to do. And so going through the book, going through the DVD, practicing different things on your own animal, knowing what's normal for your own personal animal is really the best thing that you can do. So the best bet is to view the DVD as soon as you get the book and then you'll know just in case something happens, you'll have that information already implanted somewhere in the gray matter. Exactly. And then the first couple of chapters of the book go through all of that. And then the second part of the book goes through each individual emergency. Now, I thought I've known everything about the Red Cross, but how long has the Red Cross been involved with putting together publications for our animals? Um, This, I believe, well, there was an original pet first aid that was um, done a while back. And this is the first one that they separated dog first aid and cat first aid. So they really wanted to be able to help families take care of their pets as much as they, they do so much for, for people. Okay, well, this is an awesome book. I'm going to encourage any dog owner to pick this up. Dog First Aid, Be Ready. The Be Red Cross Ready is uh, what it's called. Safety Series Volume 2, including a DVD and a cute picture of this little pup on the front. <laughs> uh, well, 
Isn't it adorable? I'm going to hold that adorable. up to the microphone there. I don't want to talk about pictures on radio unless I hold <laughs> it up to the microphone here. I have 10 to give away right now at one 405 8405 Because this is an American Red Cross publication, can we get it anywhere? Um, you do want to. Probably the best thing to do is to go on their website, the www.redcross.org. Um that's probably the, the best and easiest way to get a copy. And, of course, links to everything you've heard on today's show at AnimalRadio.com. You know, I don't think any emergency kit, pet emergency kit, is complete without this book. Now, will this help you uh, put together a first aid kit? It, it has a whole checklist of what you what you should include in a pet first aid kit. Doctor, we appreciate your time today. Absolutely. Dr. Deborah Mandel joining us. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Honey, look, I taught Rocky a new trick. He's 12. You know what they say about old dogs. Hey, Rock, what'd she teach you to do, sleep? (laughs) Funny. No. I taught him to email me when it's time for his vet appointment and vaccinations, notify a call center if he's lost, and give the kennel his feeding and med schedule. Did you give him a brain implant? No. I bought him a Kuga tag for his collar. Kuga tag? This little USB Kuga tag. Yeah, plugs into any computer. His vital information's right there for the vet or kennel to read. So our address and phone number aren't hanging off Rocky's neck. Wow, neat trick. Yeah, honey. Neat. Cougar Tag, the world's smallest USB pet tag for dogs, cats, even birds. 24-7 Lost Pet Center. Vital health and vet information. Appointment and vaccination reminder emails and more. All in a universal, non-invasive, waterproof tag. Let your pet teach you a new trick. Visit CougarTag.com today. That's CougarTag, K-O-O-G-A-Tag.com. CougarTag.com. If there was only one vitamin supplement you could take, what do you think it should be? Green tea. Green tea is widely known as one of the most powerful antioxidants in the world. Green tea has been used in China as a medicine for over 4,000 years. And taking green tea has been researched and is well documented to help lower cholesterol, reduce the risk of cancer, help with weight loss, and even slow down arthritis. Of course, results may vary and you should always consult your healthcare professional before taking any supplement. But you should add this powerful antioxidant, green tea, to your daily diet. And if you Call now to order and buy two months. We'll give you the third month for free. Your order comes with a money-back guarantee. So call now. 800-819-8315. 800-819-8315. Call right now. Buy two months of green tea and get one free. 800-819-8315 or visit airtimestore.com. Hi, this is Emmylou Harris on Animal Radio. Please stay new to your pet. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. You know, I mentioned when we kicked off the show earlier that I'm going to be looking for a dog this holiday season. Mm -hmm. Bring a dog into the household. I was thinking of a chow-chow, and then I learned during today's show that chow-chows are one of the (laughs) hardest dogs to train. And you may be thinking about bringing an animal into your household. Or perhaps you're one of those parents that'll get a letter addressed to Santa. Please bring me a pet, mm-hmm. which usually means a puppy or a kitten or the nightmarish pony. <laughs> Every kid wants a pony. A lot of people warn against the idea of rushing off to the pet shop, getting a Christmas present, 
which might just find itself unwanted by the time all the turkey has been devoured. For sensible animal lovers, though, who give careful consideration, this is a really great time to get a pet. And what should happen is you should all go to the pet rescue. And I, I emphasize rescue. Go to the pet rescue all together and pick something out together. And you might want to do it just after Christmas. Get a gift certificate for the kids and then after Christmas because you don't want to subject the animal to all that hullabaloo of the big day. Yes, there's a lot of activity going on. Not the perfect time. We have a lot more information at, at our uh, website at animalradio.com. And, of course, if you have any questions, we encourage you to give us a call anytime this week at 1-866-405-8405. Ladies and gentlemen, Rayanne Cumulus. Welcome to Voice of the Animal. It's the time of year when everyone is out shopping, fighting for parking spaces, and spending way too much money, all in pursuit of the perfect present. Maybe the best gift is one we already enjoy every day. This season, why not consider the presence of our animal friends as our present? Animals gift us with their lives for our comfort and convenience. They lift our spirits, inspire great works of art, song, and poetry, and are the most agreeable companions. All it takes is one small, cheerful sparrow in the backyard to remind us that we are never alone. Scientific studies show that the unconditional love of our pets can touch and heal us in magnificent ways. People experience lower blood pressure, stress, and heart rates when in the presence of their animal companions. Those who have suffered heart attacks live longer if they have an animal friend than if they don't. And people with pets just make fewer trips to the doctor's office. If we are suffering from depression, having a dog to walk, a cat to care for, a bird to talk to, or even watching fish in an aquarium helps us find a focus outside our sadness and allows us to connect with the larger world. When horses allowed us on their backs, they gifted us with the ability to travel farther than our own two feet could ever carry us. Today, it is still horsepower that gets us to the mall. Pigeons have saved the lives of soldiers by carrying secret information across enemy lines. The seashell murex gives its life to gift us with the color purple. Bats gift us with lovely and peaceful twilights by eating mosquitoes. For the ancient Romans, a magical woodpecker brought rain to refresh and revitalize a city. That is a great present. It was Raven who brought fire to humankind. And in the Quran, the Saluki breed of dog is considered a gift of Allah. One of the most prized gifts one could receive from the ancient Chinese emperor was one of his royal dogs. And how long would Noah have been adrift if a dove had not found land? A recent study found that workers would be willing to take a cut in salary and work longer hours if they could bring their dog to work. A survey by Time magazine found that playing with a pet improved one's mood more than exercise, eating, or sex. If you happen to be ill in France and a ladybug lands on you, she will fly away with your sickness. Earthworms work the soil so our flowers will flourish. Bees give us honey. And my favorite... Butterflies prove to us that even if we sometimes creep like a caterpillar, we hold within us the power to spread our wings and fly. So during this holiday season, consider the presence of your animal friends as your present and have your presence be their present too. Visit us on the World Wide Web at voiceoftheanimal.com. Happy Holidays from Voice of the Animal 
and Rayanne Cumulos. Oh, I always love to hear from Rayanne Cumulos, and you can too. Any time of the week you need a Rayanne Cumulos fix or a Joy Turner fix or an Animal Radio fix, all you got to do is point that wacky browser to animalradio.com. Of course, we are streaming live 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You get the latest up-to-the-minute news, breaking news. Also, brand new to the Animal Radio website, right on the front page, news headlines. Get your latest animal news at AnimalRadio.com on your cell phone. Yes, on your cell phone. How cool is that? All you have to do is text ANIMAL to 27627. So many ways to get Animal Radio. Of course, all of them listed where else but AnimalRadio.com. I want to thank ABC Good Morning America's Dr. Marty Becker for joining us today. I want to thank you for joining us. And you can, of course, send us your questions at your voice at animalradio.com or call us all week long at 1-866-405-8405 to help you out with your animal-related problems. Or if you just want to say hello, we're here for you. Actually, had some guy call the other day, wanted to know where there was a good restaurant in town. <laughs> Not really an animal-related question, but uh, I helped him out. We're here. We're here. And besides these two hours, we're just like twiddling our thumbs all week long, pretty much. <laughs> Remember, if you get a pet, please spay or neuter. And if it happens to be a cat, don't declaw. And always adopt from your local shelter. I'm Judy Francis. I'm Hal Abrams, and I'm going out this week to find myself a chow-chow from a chow-chow rescue. There you go. Have a very safe holiday. This is Animal Radio Network.